You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, the Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with the Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include Prince Harry is congratulating people who are putting their mental health first and a New Jersey marathon is looking for a new finish line after two years off. Here's your national news recap for the week of December 5th. 19 Kids and Counting alum Josh Duggar has been found guilty in his child porn trial. He faces up to 20 years in prison on each of the two accounts. Duggar was charged in April after child porn was allegedly discovered on a computer at his workplace. The Bronx Zoo is welcoming six baby Komodo dragons. It's the first in the zoo's 122-year history. The Komodos are an endangered species and the hatchlings are considered an important event. The female laid her eggs in April and they were placed in an incubator and watched for seven months until they hatched last month. One of two teens accused of killing a Southeast Iowa teacher is asking to be tried as a juvenile. The court documents state lawyers for the 16-year-old Willard Miller filed the motion. Miller and 16-year-old Jeremy Goodale are accused of killing Fairfield High School Spanish teacher Noima Graber last month. Both teens have pleaded not guilty. A Missouri man is facing a number of charges after being accused of shooting at a Metro bus in North County. Isaiah Houston is accused of shooting a Metro bus driver in the head near Velda City last Friday, causing him to crash the bus and leaving him with serious injuries. Houston was charged Thursday with 17 counts related to the shooting, including 12 assault charges. He was arrested in Pine Lawn on Monday. Police say his car was seen near the shooting. They also say an AR-15-style rifle that was found in his car matched bullets that were found at a scene of another shooting that happened just before the driver was shot. An investigation is underway after the body of a man was found in his Gross Point Farm home Wednesday. Michigan State Police say there does not appear to be any signs of foul play, but they are waiting on an autopsy report from the Wayne County Medical Examiner. An apparent conflict of interest with Gross Point Farms Police is the reason for the MSP probe. The name of the man has not been released. A man is dead after a two-car crash on Long Island. Suffolk County police say 60-year-old Anthony Ritchie crashed into another car as he tried to make a left turn in Eastport Wednesday night. He was taken to the hospital in critical condition but later died at the hospital. His 60-year-old passenger, Francis Ritchie, suffered non-life-threatening injuries along with the driver of the other car. A Des Moines man is convicted of misbranding drugs and selling them. Brady Tomlinson is accused of marketing injectable vitamin B12 drugs as weight loss drugs and selling them from 2015 to 2019. Tomlinson pleaded guilty Wednesday to introducing a misbranded drug into interstate commerce with the intent to defraud or mislead. He'll be sentenced in April. The Omicron variant of COVID is starting to spread across the state of Texas. The first cases were spotted in Houston. Now there are two more in the Dallas suburb of Frisco. Neither patient has traveled, according to the state health services. The Omicron variant was first detected in South Africa, and while it may be easily spread, there are no signs that is more deadly than other variants. 
A Florida jury has found Kimberly Kessler guilty of first-degree murder in the death of Jolene Cummings. Prosecutors say Kessler killed Cummings while the two were working together at a Nassau County salon in 2018. Kessler was found guilty of grand theft auto. Cummings' body has not been found. Michigan Democrats are proposing a measure to limit the capacity of ammunition magazines following the deadly Oxford shooting. Senator Rosemary Bayer, whose district includes Oxford, called on the Republican-controlled legislature to compromise. The bill comes more than a week after 15-year-old Ethan Crumbly allegedly killed four students after opening fire at the high school. The sophomore is accused of firing 30 rounds in five minutes using 15-round magazines. The bill proposes limiting the capacity of magazines to 10 rounds beginning in January 2023. Governor Ron DeSantis is unveiling his state spending plan for the next fiscal year. The so-called Freedom First budget totals $99.7 billion and priorities include education, environmental resources, and support for law enforcement. Teachers and principals would get $1,000 bonuses for a second consecutive year, and the governor is seeking $1 billion in a gas tax relief. Tax-free holidays include the return of Freedom Week, allowing people to avoid paying taxes on tickets to concerts, sports, movies, museums, and more. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your national news. I'm Joshua Ticino with your political news. The push to raise the $29 trillion debt limit and avert an unprecedented default took a crucial step forward on the 9th as one of the two related bills overcame the significant hurdle of clearing the Senate with cooperation from Mitch McConnell. 14 Republicans joined 48 Democrats and two independents in voting, with 36 votes against. Treasury Secretary Yellen has urged Congress to raise the limit before the 15th of December. From here, Democrats only need a simple majority, plus Vice President Harris's tie-breaking vote to pass the bills and raise the limit. A final vote in the House may be on Tuesday, and President Biden is expected to sign both into law. A federal appeals court ruled on the 9th against attempts by former President Trump to withhold documents from the House committee investigating the January 6th Capitol insurrection. The executive and judicial branch both agree on the severity and necessity of the investigation and did not accept that any harm would come by releasing the documents. They ruled that the injunction preventing the National Archives from turning over the documents will expire in two weeks, unless the Supreme Court rules on an appeal by Trump before then. The Senate narrowly approved the resolution on the 8th to nullify the Biden administration's requirement that businesses of 100 or more workers must have employees be vaccinated against COVID-19 or test weekly, with a 52-48 to 48 vote. The Democratic-led House is unlikely to take the measure up, meaning the mandate would stand, though courts have put it on hold for now. Deaths in the U.S. from COVID-19 averaged 1,300 a day on average. The overall death toll less than two years into the pandemic could soon reach 800,000. In related news, on the 9th, the FDA with CDC encouragement expanded the booster campaign of Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine to several million 16- and 17-year-olds once they're six months past their last dose. This was in response to the newly present Omicron variant, as well as large amounts of the population approaching the six-month since vaccination mark. Yet, the campaign to vaccinate the youth appears to have a sluggish start. To wrap up with some short headlines, Boston's top prosecutor Rachel Rollins was narrowly confirmed Wednesday by the full Senate to be the next U.S. attorney for Massachusetts, making her the first black woman to hold the position. President Joe Biden on Wednesday signed an executive order to make the federal government carbon neutral by 2050 
aiming for reducing greenhouse gas emissions by 2030. The Justice Department sued Texas on Monday over its new redistricting maps, saying the plans discriminate against the minority voters, particularly Latinos, who have fueled the state's population boom. I'm Joshua Ticino, and that was your political news. I'm Victoria Baker with your international news. Japanese billionaire is on his way to the International Space Station. Overnight entrepreneur Yusuke Menzwa blasted off in Russia Soyuz's rocket from Kazakhstan along with his production assistant and Russian cosmonaut. Menzwa and his assistant paid for the trip through the space adventure space tourism company and are documenting the mission for his YouTube channel. Menzwa is set to be the first paying customer to aboard the SpaceX Starship when it flies around the moon in the mission scheduled for 2023. A British cosplayer is breaking his own record for the world's largest balloon costume. Tom Kent of London shattered his previous Guinness World Record with an incredible Hulk costume towering over 11 feet and 7 inches tall. He previously set the record in 2017 with an 8 foot 7 inch Pikachu costume. Kent debuted the gigantic green creation at Liverpool Comic Con 2021. He celebrated the new title by letting kids pop the balloon once he got out of the costume. China is the world's biggest captor of journalists, according to the news report from Reporters Without Borders. The group found at least 127 reporters that are currently being detained, calling it an unprecedented campaign of repression. China says reporters in custody were provoking trouble. The report highlighted the detention of journalists reporting on the COVID-19 pandemic and the treatment of Wungar Muslim minority groups. Nigeria says the UK travel ban on the country is discriminatory. The UK Health Secretary banned arrivals from the West African nation except for residents of the United Kingdom and Ireland as a response to the new COVID-19 Omicron variant. Meanwhile, Nigerian authorities claim they have not reported any Omicron cases since detecting it in three travelers arriving in the country last week. Officials criticized the ban, saying it isn't driven by science. People who put up Christmas decorations earlier are happier. Psychotherapists say putting up holiday decor may be a way to invoke feelings of childhood and help connect to those magical feelings of nostalgia. While some may believe Christmas should wait until after Thanksgiving, others who want to get in the spirit early have an extra reason to get the tree up earlier. Prince Harry ooh, is praising people who leave their job to put their own mental health first. He says so many people have been struggling for a while and it took the pandemic to take action. The Great Resigning, as it's been called, saw more than 4 million people quit in September. The Duke of Sussex described it as a sign that we need self-aware when it comes need for the change. He says getting out of a job that doesn't bring happiness is something to celebrate. The comment came during an interview about his new role at the mental health company Better Up. That was your international news. I'm Victoria Baker. And now it's time for local news with me, Sam Whalen. A New Jersey prisoner is facing murder charges in the fatal stabbing of a fellow inmate. Authorities say 26-year-old Ashton Barthelis allegedly stabbed Dan Milford Gellin at the Essex County Correctional Facility in Newark back on December the 3rd, where both men were housed. The Attorney General's office is investigating the conduct of the correctional officers and other jail staff as well. 
The city of Philadelphia continues to provide money to organizations that help fight gun violence. Mayor Jim Kenney announced the final round of recipients in the Anti-Violence Community Expansion Grant Program. 18 organizations are set to receive a share of the $7 million in funding. Since July, the city has handed out more than $13 million towards programs and organizations that contribute to reducing violence. Despite this, Philadelphia police are still piecing together evidence after a 23-year-old man was gunned down recently. Authorities were called to the Kensington neighborhood just after 8 o'clock in the evening for shots fired. The victim was found suffering from multiple gunshot wounds along East Stella Street, and he was unable to fight through his injuries at the hospital. Detectives are still searching for whomever is responsible in this case. Howard County Police in Maryland are looking for the suspects who carried out a smash-and-grab ATM theft in Elkridge recently. Police spokesman Seth Hoffman says there's surveillance video of the incident, and the suspects seem to know what they're doing. The suspects got away with about $8,000 in cash. Police recovered the van in Baltimore City, and they determined it had been stolen. There have been a series of ATM smash-and-grab robberies since October in Baltimore City, Baltimore, and Anne Arundel counties. Police from all the jurisdictions are working with each other to find the suspects. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy is fuming after Republican lawmakers ignored new COVID rules at the Statehouse in Trenton. Scott Pringle reports. Last week, Republican lawmakers refused to show proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test before entering the Statehouse for a vote. Governor Murphy is furious. Absolutely outrageous. Incredibly irresponsible. Unforgivable. The New Jersey Republican Party responded, saying the governor must have confused New Jersey for a dictatorship by using police and the National Guard to attempt to intimidate lawmakers into abandoning their constitutional responsibilities. Scott Pringle, NBC News Radio, New Jersey. The Delaware General Assembly says it will continue to present committee meetings online. Recently, House Speaker Pete Schwartzkopf announced that the General Assembly will begin live streaming meetings on its website when the legislative session resumes next month. According to reports, officials began the virtual committee meetings during the COVID-19 pandemic and decided to continue with the live streams, as many residents found it more convenient. The Delaware General Assembly is set to resume meetings on January the 11th. One woman has died and two other family members are receiving medical treatment after a gas leak in their Bucks County, Pennsylvania home. Authorities say it all unfolded recently in Sellersville. The woman's oldest son came home, smelled gas, and he immediately helped get his family members out of the home. His mother died at the scene while his brother and father were rushed to a local hospital. Detectives believe that a faulty appliance contributed to the leak, and the investigation is ongoing. From Rob Jennings at NJ Advanced Media for NJ.com, a big change is in store for the New Jersey Marathon. Organizers of the iconic Jersey Shore race, canceled for two years in a row due to the COVID-19 pandemic, are looking for a new finish line venue after Long Branch reportedly balked on allowing it to return next spring. The New Jersey Marathon's current race course goes through several municipalities, but has finished in Long Branch for about a quarter century, with many runners choosing to spend the weekend in the city. The New Jersey Marathon was called off in 2020 and again last spring due to the pandemic, but organizers then moved to hold the three races on the weekend of October the 16th to the 17th. However, as the Delta variant of the coronavirus began spreading last summer, Long Branch raised concerns about large crowds gathering near the finish line as in prior years. The New Jersey Marathon had 2,311 finishers in 2019, the last year it was held. I'm Sam Whalen, and that was your local news. I'm Kariah Bennett with the Roman News. Launching in September of 2022, the Diana King Masters of the Arts in Television Studies will prepare students for one of the three career tracks in expanding the TV industry, screenwriting, critical writing about television, and academic pathway towards terminal degrees in television studies. In addition, the Masters will be attracted to those teaching television and media studies at K-12 or college level 5. 
the University Board of Trustees on December 8th approved the naming of the new Master of Arts program for the late Diana King, a longtime friend and benefactor whose foundation pledged $1 million to support student scholarships. ACAST said that there has been a long demand for master-level television studies program at Rowan and that the new MA has been a development for seven years. Rowan named the new program to honor King's whose foundation is a longtime supporter of the university, especially of students and faculty in the Edelman CCA. The admissions committee will consider applications beginning February 15th. Once again, my name is Karaya with the Rowan News. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, political, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Roan Report. I'm Allie Bruce, along with the Roan Radio News Team. I'm Danny Ryan with your news from around the Roan University sports world. It's basketball season, so let's hop right into the latest news from around men's and women's basketball teams here in Glassboro, New Jersey. The 7-1 Roan University men's basketball team had themselves a week shortly after being blown out by the Stockton Ospreys last Wednesday, December 1st at home. To start off, the men defeated the Kane University Cougars last Saturday, December 4th, home at Esby Gymnasium by a final score of 99-91. Leading the way for the profs was the star center of the squad, 6'7 sophomore Andrew Seeger, as he picked up a double-double in the victory after dropping 27 points. The big man also snagged 14 rebounds, topping off his truly outstanding performance in a big bounce-back and jack matchup. Arian Azemi and Marcellus Ross also contributed their fair share of scoring as Azemi dropped 18 points while Ross dropped 17 despite going 1-for-3 from the three-point line. After this victory, the men's basketball team went on the road, traveling to Cabrini College to take on the Cavaliers in another huge and jack matchup. To no one's surprise, the profs made quick work of the Cavaliers, defeating them by a final score of 80-71. to Marcellus Ross, Arian Azemi, and Andrew Seeger once again led the way with 19-16-16 and 16 in that order. Ross also contributed 11 rebounds on the night, picking up a beautiful double-double in another key victory. Last but certainly not least, the Profs traveled to Camden to take on the Scarlet Raptors of Rutgers Camden University and absolutely blew them out by a final score of 95-64 to after a terrific defensive performance as a team as they accumulated 14 steals on the night to cap off a terrific trip to Camden, New Jersey this past Wednesday, December 8th. Despite a bad night from three, going four for 15, Arian Azemi led the way in this victory once again with 18 points total. Moving on to the women's basketball team, they have only played two games since Nick Earnshaw spoke to you last week. But let me tell you, it was a very productive two games indeed. In their first matchup last Saturday, December 4th, the women's basketball team joined the men's basketball team in Union, New Jersey, taking on the Cougars in doubleheader props basketball action. And just like the men's team, they defeated the Kane Cougars, this time by a final score of 53-45. to Leading the way for the women's profs basketball team was Nicole Mallard as she nearly accumulated a double-double, dropping 20 points and snagging 9 rebounds, while Savannah Holt followed in her footsteps, dropping 12 points after hitting 9 of her 10 shots from the free throw line. After this victory, the women's basketball team went on to drop 100 points on the road versus Scarlet Raptors of Rutgers Camden this past Wednesday, December 8th. 
This victory was an overall team effort as five profs reached double digits in points, while the team as a whole also stole the basketball 17 times. Both the men's and women's basketball teams will take on William Patterson on the road in Wayne, New Jersey today, with the women's game tipping off at 1 p.m. and the men's game following them at 3 p.m. As always, you can hear live play-by-play coverage right at tip-off for both games right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Thank you all for tuning in. Once again, my name is Danny Ryan, and this has been your news from around the Rowan University sports world. Hi, I'm Megan Steckler with your Rowan Report business update. McDonald's plans to invest a quarter billion dollars to diversify the ranks of its restaurant owners. Company executives announced the five-year plan is designed to strengthen recruiting and training efforts. The Chicago-based fast food giant also seeks to focus on alternative financing to lower upfront costs for prospective franchisees who have limited access to capital. Last year, more than 50 African-American former franchisees sued the company, accusing it of steering them to stores in low-income areas. The case is still pending. Instagram CEO is leaving the option open for a kid's version of the app. Adam Mosseri testified for the first time before Congress on Wednesday and said the main goal of creating a kids-based product was to solve the issue of kids under 13 wanting to use the platform and the difficulty of trying to verify age. Mosseri said he is the final decision maker of the situation and he will work to ensure no kid under 10 and 12 years old will have access to any version of Instagram without parental consent. The hearing was held as part of a series of testimonies centered around child protection online. Apple won't have to direct iPhone and iPad had users to alternative payment options outside of the App Store. For now, a federal judge has granted a last-minute stay on an order while the company appeals a court order in a lawsuit from Epic Games, the maker of popular game Fortnite. Apple previously had until Thursday to set up a new system but argued that date wasn't realistic. Developers can still contact users on their own about alternative payment options. Amazon says many of its services are restored after an outage disrupted Disney+, Netflix, and Slack. Trading app Robinhood and cryptocurrency exchange site Coinbase were also sites among those reporting issues. Those trying to sell on Amazon were having trouble accessing Seller Center, which is used to manage orders. The company said network devices in Northern Virginia were behind the outage. Amazon didn't say when it was expected all of its services would be restored. I'm Megan Steckler and this has been your Business News Report. And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Brandon Searles. A $10 billion lawsuit is being filed over Travis Scott's deadly Texas music festival. Houston attorney Brent Kuhn says it's shameful the rapper and other organizers did nothing to end the Astroworld early last month. He believes security and promoters knew people were being killed and hurt when fans rushed the stage. Scott's attorneys have said there's no way he could have ended the concert early, although 10 people have died. Wendy Williams will not return to her titular talk show until sometime next year. On Wednesday, the Wendy Williams show announced a list of guest hosts that are planned to host through January. The guests include Fat Joe, Rami Ma, Michael Rappaport, and Sherry Shepard. Executive producer David Perler said each of the guest hosts bring a unique and distinctive style to the successful Wendy format. Williams has been missing from the show since season 13 debuted back in October. The season was supposed to debut in September, but got pushed back after Williams tested positive for COVID. Reading Rainbow is returning 15 years after PBS took it off the air. The educational show will soon return as a series called Reading Rainbow Live. The show is the third longest in PBS history after a 23-year run and was shut down in 2006 amid financial struggles. 
While the show is returning, beloved host LeVar Burton is not. A comedy troupe called The Rainbows will take over hosting duties. Jussie Smollett has been found guilty of staging his own racist and homophobic attack in Chicago. The jury reached a verdict Thursday on the former Empire actor who is black and gay, who claimed he was attacked in January of 2019 by two men yelling racist and anti-gay remarks wearing MAGA hats. Prosecutors say he staged the attack for publicity. He faces up to three years in prison. Talk show host Nick Cannon is mourning the death of his infant son. On Tuesday, he shared with his show audience his youngest son, Zen, died over the weekend. Cannon said Zen, who he shared with model Alyssa Scott, had brain cancer. He said he got to say goodbye to Zen when he watched the sunset at the beach. McDonald's is launching a menu and exclusive merchandise with Mariah Carey. Starting December 13th, there will be 12 days of holiday deals through the McDonald's app. There is a minimum of a $1 food purchase necessary to get the free merchandise. On December 21st, folks will be in the running to score a t-shirt with Mariah eating a cheeseburger with extra pickles. 19 Kids and Counting alum Josh Duggar has been found guilty in his child porn trial. He faces up to 20 years in prison on each of the two counts. Duggar was charged in April after child pornography was allegedly discovered on a computer at his workplace. The Rolling Stones are paying tribute to Charlie Watts in their hometown. The band's longtime drummer passed away in August at age 80, and the Stones paid tribute to Watts throughout their U.S. tour during the fall. On Monday night, they honored the rock legend back home in London with a private concert for about 200 friends and family. Forming Rolling Stones' Bill Wyman was among those in attendance. I'm Brandon Searles, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio. And that wraps up this week's edition of the Roan Report here on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Roan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.